another episode of Say Something Interesting, a podcast that comes at you from the beautiful Eastern Washington Tri-Cities Eastlake Church in this thing, this crazy little thing. We uh, try to chew, keep chewing the fat about our Sunday talks that happen here, uh, which was given by my co-host here. What's up, guys? Brent. I'm Brent. Danger. That's Margo. Johnson. Danger. <laughs> and I'm Margo. Perfect. And we're in this great series called White Flags, a series on surrender. Uh, there's always something that we're running from in our lives. That's right. Some of you uh, ran towards something this week, which was Margo uh, to get your book that you won from last week's podcast. So congrats to those of you who listened to last week's and got your name drawn. A <laughs> reward uh, for all your patience for our extra long yeah, thanks episode. for putting up with that episode. Um, and we still have a few books left over. So if you haven't uh, already done so, you probably need to listen to last week and <laughs> come talk to her. Otherwise, Margo's going to be peddling those on eBay. Just say later. you want a belated Mother's Day gift. You want an extra. You just said, I just want to listen to this podcast by myself. And your husband's like, oh, those things are like 20 minutes. Yeah. Little does he know. Nah, that one's 50 that. minutes later. Yeah. You're getting pruny in your bubble bath. We're letting the kids watch an extra <laughs> show on Netflix for that one. <laughs> so stop That's by. It. Let me know. Absolutely. That you're a winner. Winner chicken dinner. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in, perhaps we saw some great numbers come through. I don't know if you saw the numbers from Chris for the marketing report thing, but uh, we saw some great numbers from last week's podcast. No surprise when you give 20 books away. Uh, that you do get an excess of numbers. So that perhaps means that we've got some additional listeners listeners this week who thought, you know what, I listened to it once and it wasn't horrible. Um, <laughs> let's do it again. And they promised to make it shorter next time. So let's see if they can keep their promise. And we can. And if you and came for all here. the sports talk, I have to apologize because we, we have to kick off this podcast with the latest The most important thing that happened this weekend in life in general. Yes. Ready on three. Ready, one, two, three. Preakness stakes. Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> The rainy. No sports. Yeah, the rainy, foggy. No, the royal I'm wedding. The royal wedding Both took place. Both include extravagant. Did you hats. watch? Did you wake up and watch? I wanted to, but we don't have cable. It, so. it was on like everything. It was. On, I know. Like, I watched it. I watched clips after the fact. The highlight reel. Okay. Well, what's funny is Kylie and I had set our alarms um, because we were gonna watch um, HBO because they had uh, Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon oh, host. Yeah. And do that sort of thing. And so the night before, we were like, we're going to go to bed early. We went to bed at like 9.30 or 10. It was crazy. Because it was on at 4 a.m. here, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she's like, yeah, I, she's. Uh, I think I proposed the idea. Of, I don't know. Maybe she did. But either way, she's like, I'm going to be up feeding Clive anyways. So, yeah, let's do this. Let's. So uh, we had set the alarm. And uh, I remember rolling over and quickly turning hey. off the alarm. And like neither of us were like. Are we going to do this or not going to do this? We both just kind of like, we're, I guess we found out later we were both waiting for the other person to say something. And uh, so we ended up sleeping. I only had to wait another thing. like 25 years to watch one of yeah. these again. And obviously it wasn't, I don't think, as much the wedding as it was. I would have loved to have seen yeah. Will Ferrell and Marlo, Molly Shannon do their thing. They can host um, anything. Because I could go back and watch the wedding right now and I just haven't done so. Although I heard it was pretty um, pretty spectacular. Yes. Um, the parts so. that I watched on Android. So we thought we'd share some fun wedding facts. Yes. Let's start with the bride, shall we? Let's do it. Meghan Markle. Do you, do you know? I'll take uh, suitcase pro- number 12, please. <laughs> I was gonna share. I oh. had no idea. Oh, really? That she was on Deal or No Deal. She was. She was a Deal or No Deal girl. Started from the bottom. Yeah. Now we hear. <laughs> I don't know if that's the bottom, but yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the entertainment equivalent of the guy that has to like swing around those arrow signs on the sidewalk corner. Yeah. Like, 
You're just there to look good in heels. Also famous for being on the TV show Suits, which I never watched. Which so. the cast was there at the wedding. Which oh, I, I bet they were. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did hear that she was... Uh, SNL did a sketch on the whole thing, and they had uh, one of the characters at the wedding reception, fake, obviously, was one of her blonde teammates from... With oh. her, And she brought her briefcase with her. <laughs> I got the ring. <laughs> So Just funny. guess which of the 50 suitcases yeah, it's in. Which one? Uh, so one of the other things that was really surprising to me, I mean, she's caused or, you know, been a, an interesting person to highlight just because she's not your conventional royal pick. Sure. I mean, she's biracial, raised she's by... Not, not British. Yeah, not British, raised by a single mom for most of her life. Right. Has been divorced. I mean, just... <gasps> Scandalous. It is. Well, for the British aristocracy, it is scandalous. Totally. And also, this is probably not something that she's like, yay, but it's an interesting fact. She's actually the oldest female royal wedding in British history. Oh, oldest to be married at that age? Wow, really? I don't even know how old she is. 36. She's 36? Mm hmm. Had no idea. So I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I, I said that like that sounds so stinking old, and I'm 35. So obviously. Oh. Thing. Obviously not that. Well, old. if you if you, you I should know, have been like, wow, really young, unbelievable, some, well, a spring have, chicken. I have a lot of my friends that are in their thirties and unmarried, and just just know, you can marry a prince. Sure. It's worth the wait. You can marry a prince. <laughs> you can hold a briefcase with uh, an amount of money in it, and you can also marry a prince. Exactly. It's not over. Yeah. It's not over. <laughs> There's still some other royals to snatch up. So here's some fun facts. Um, wedding traditions. The, the why why do we care about the British? Monarchy. They've actually set a lot of our modern traditions, including the white dress that mm. was first shown by Queen Victoria. She was the one that started the tradition of the white dress just because a pure white is really hard to come by and it's a garment you can only really wear once because it's not practical. So it was just pretty much a way to show I'm right. super rich. Right. Uh, the other. Tradi- I heard some people weren't like thrilled about her dress though. Did no. you hear that? No. I heard it was like uh, the fail was cool, but the dress was like, eh. eh. I, I, well, Megan Markle. Katy Perry dress, said, should have got another fitting. Oh, snap. Katy Perry, who are you to talk? Throwing you got a fire. wig on right now. Throwing fire, Katy Perry. <laughs> Katy Perry, you're too too fresh from your breakdown. Yeah, you right? <laughs> yeah. Remember, you married Russell Brand, so <laughs> <laughs> the bar is low, sister. But, well, yeah. So, like, her dress wasn't my favorite, but, I mean, it was, it was simple. So, like, right. in a lot of ways, I can respect that. I mean, it still was extremely expensive yeah uh but the other tradition that has been started by the british royals is cake toppers also debuted by queen victoria dude what a progressive just something that we just take for granted like unbelievable cake toppers are just part of it okay so this is probably one of my favorite facts of we're going to go back one royal wedding because the, they haven't released the expenditures on this last one mm, kate and william we're going back to that yes. one so mr comb over Oh my gosh. Shit. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh. All right, continuing That's on. That's so bad. Like, keep in mind if if the queen died and actually left the throne to him, we'd have two big superpowers. Well, go to Charles first, I think, right? But yeah. Comb overs rule in the world. Yeah, Anyways. right. <laughs> so, of William and Kate's, their, their budget for the wedding ceremony itself, not the reception and all that, uh, was actually a lot cheaper than I thought $34 million. Now, oh my word! Are you kidding me? How much of that? This is your guess. Thirty-four million. How much of that was just for security? Oh, a lot. Even though they like ride through the streets of town, I mean, like, but yeah, it's got to be a lot. Because how much do you think of the thirty-four? I would say I'm gonna say like ten percent, like three million. 
32 million was security of the 34 million. Ah, uh, that's a lot more than I thought. I don't know what they that percentage is. They probably have like is, drones overhead Holy and Toledo. like yeah. Aircraft carriers on standby and all this stuff. So that was interesting. I cannot remember the budget line item for security for my wedding, but I'm pretty sure it was non-existent. <laughs> like, you come on in. You want some cake? Sure. <laughs> so the, my last little wedding tidbit is I have a friend that works for the Washington Post. We went to school together. So good for her for getting into the Washington Post. Actually, she was one of the people that dropped the infamous Trump bus video. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, crazy. And she, like, got death threats and all this stuff. Yeah. Anyways, very, very cool person. But she just, one of her last articles she put out was on the wedding hats. And so I watched it just to learn more about, like, why is this a thing and all these things and, like, the faux pas. Like, you shouldn't have a hat with a veil. And now the tradition is actually to go with smaller hats because you don't want to block someone's view. If only 100 people are invited and you can't see the ceremony... Because of someone's hat, you're gonna be pretty upset. But the the milliner, which is like the hat maker that they talked to, said, "Oh well, everyday people, you can get hats like a good hat that you can go to a party at." And she said the pound amount. So I did the the quick math. She said for a good cheap hat, expect to pay three hundred dollars. Three hundred pounds or three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. I did the I did the translation. But she says. That's crazy. To go on any party that's in the royal echelon circle, not the wedding, but just like their tea party that they throw three months from now, she says it's not unreasonable to spend $3,000. Dude, the English in their hats, like I just don't, I don't get it, man. Like one day a year over here, the Kentucky Derby, everybody's <laughs> like, you know what? We're going to have drink mint and juleps Gotta and go we're going to wear stupid Burlington hats. Burlington coat and find a hat. And I don't know where I'm going to find this, but uh, probably somebody who wore it last year. And then the English, though, it feels like it is more. Did you know you can, on Bovada, the, the like the online betting site, right? Mm-hmm. You could have bet a, uh, on the color of Queen Elizabeth's hat as well as... Uh, is it Princess Kate? What's her Duchess Kate? Duchess, I don't yeah, know. Whatever, Kate. Uh, her her hat as well. And green was the was the uh, popular pick. Well, it was the one that was like most likely to happen. The best odds or worst. But odds it was actually scandalous because Kate wore white, an oh. all white ensemble, a oh, white really? hat, and people were like, "Oh, girl, oh. come on now." You think you're pure? <laughs> <laughs> Three kids in, whatever. <laughs> Well, just wearing white on someone else's wedding. Yeah, no, kind of, no kidding, right? Like, the but the queen was in like neon green, which is pretty common. I guess it's a tactic for it, so green. So for, it well, was that. That was the the most likely one. Her security always has her dress in neon bright colors so that she's easy to spot in a crowd. So say someone grabbed her and took her someplace. Like if you're in a large crowd of people, I mean, she looked like a peep, like an yeah. Easter peep. So yeah. she's easy to spot. I, I was uh, watching this, and uh, some of those figures were coming out about how much the wedding cost and how much they spent on flowers, which I can't even remember the amount right now, but it was stupid, stupid amount of on just flowers. I think it was like $3 million on flowers, something. I mean, I was so dumb. I mean, whatever. And it's uh, it's somebody mentioned how, how nice it is that uh, it's – it's we're watching the British government spend British money. We're just Americans. Yeah, who get this to, doesn't didn't affect cost our us tax a penny, dollars. right? So we're not the ones over there going. I don't. Is this how we want to spend our money? Really? I mean, you know. Well, you know the tides are going to turn when I'm going to hit some nerves. But when we have a certain <laughs> military parade coming up, that's going to be yeah several <laughs> millions of dollars and taking active troops off the front lines where they you know probably aren't needed and. <laughs> Have a march in a nice, pretty row. Oh, that's Margot at uh, Adventures in Caffeine on Instagram. 
<laughs> send your emails. Uh, and moving on. Yeah, and so moving on. So anyway, it's fun. Anyways, all we're not good. a part of that system anymore, so it's great. We can all, have... all great fun. Fun to be on this side of things uh, on that way. So anyways, uh, so that's kind of our current events, kind of you know, our take on whatever. I don't care. I don't know if you care about our take on it, but we just decided We're not to... saying that we're right. We're just saying ah. what's in we our just, brains. We're the ones that have the microphones and... You can fast forward through that. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Sunday. We did uh, week two of our White Flag series, series on surrender, really looking at the book of uh, Jonah, the story of Jonah. And in, in chapter two, he does this really long kind of extended prayer. It was kind of a short for a chapter, but long for sort of a prayer, very um, very descriptive, very image-laden, um, all kinds of like very psalmish language. Feels like... Yeah, he had some time to refine <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that was the point of like they're trying to say if you were in the depths of if you were in a situation like this, what you know, what would you say? You would, you would be very descriptive in that way too, and uh, and so uh, the point of the whole thing was to talk through the idea that God is generous with His grace and He's thorough in His discipline, and how we kind of go through things in life and and we think that you know we try and put God in this box of if you love us, then you'll rescue us from whatever pain and you'd keep us from any sort of suffering, any sort of consequences of our own making. And uh, that's just not how God's God of grace, but he's also God of love. And sometimes love involves, uh, you know, allowing people to kind of walk through some of that or, or whatever. And, and again, I think what is important to figure out is that this book, I think, was written um, while the nation of Israel find, found themselves in captivity in Babylon, trying to make sense of being exiled from their homeland. What do we do to deserve this? And why, in spite of our prayers, in spite of our thinking that, okay, God, you're right, we were wrong, how long is this going to take, right? Um, Because if you've ever punished your kids and sent them to their room until dinner time, then they come out at three o'clock and be like, okay, I'm so sorry, or or some sort of a timeline thing, right? Or And it's never, they'll always say things like, I've, I've learned my lesson now. And you're like, <laughs> I know you have, I know you have, but that doesn't mean like we adjust, adjust that, right? Um, and well, so- things need to sit, like going back to some extra girly analogies, when you put on nail polish, the nail polish can be dry. But you don't want to start a construction project right away because it still needs to settle and sit. That's the so exact can... analogy I was going to use in my I notes know. on Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, I just don't know if, if they'll get it, you know. But, it, okay, for instance, you say you've, like, totally flubbed on a relationship. Like, you messed up. The relationship ended. Either you got dumped or you guys decided to end it or whatever. And then you're sitting there thinking, all right, I know I definitely made some mistakes in either – my discretion on who I wanted to, you know, invest in or, you know, my personal actions or, you know, this, that or the other. And so you're thinking about these things. Is it the best idea to jump into another relationship right away? No, it's not. I mean, I've told people that (laughs) every time I preach on relationships, I say, listen, if you're coming out of a either a marriage relationship or a really intense, like we were headed towards marriage, thought this, he was the one, thought she was the one, can't believe it's not working out. I'm broken up about it. I'm always like, okay, you need to take a year. And you're like, oh, but I'm so young and, or, or I'm, I'm getting so old that, that and a year feels like so long. And it's going to, and, but in the moment, you're like, okay, maybe I do need to do this. And then six months into it, you're like, maybe I don't need to do a year. Maybe I, I think I've learned my lesson. And there's just some things that come through an extended period of time of really enduring through that, that, that just don't come in those. In, in the short term, like it can't, like it, it might be right, but you just- The more important the lesson, the more you owe it to yourself to really give that the space to to harden and become a part of your 
your mental culture, as it were, yeah. before moving on. And it's hard because, you know, if I'm if I was single and I heard a guy like me who's been married for 12 or 13 years and isn't on that dating path and didn't isn't just coming out of divorce or didn't just get dumped. You don't know what it's like to Yeah, like I totally and... get that you'd be like, uh, I'm a little skeptical of you telling me to wait for a year to do this, to take some time for myself because, you know, that's not you. I, I know, like, I'm not doing it out of a, I've been there, trust me. I'm just doing it out of an observation and, and perhaps... You're not really hearing this anywhere else. Everywhere else is telling, everybody else is telling you, you know, jump back in, get it back in right away. Um, and I just don't know that's, maybe that's not the best decision for you. Maybe this is a good challenge to be able to take up. It's like you wouldn't be doing right by them to not at least throw this out there that like this is a good alternative. Yeah. That... And by the way, it's your life. Like you get to do what you want to do. <laughs> I'm just saying consider the options and this is definitely an option that wasn't the point of jonah right but the the point of it being uh that that thoroughness of discipline is something that i think got now i did want to clarify it because i got out of first service and uh somebody from that i respect on our team actually on our board came in and said hey you just need to make sure that people understand that god's discipline um is sometimes is is included uh, when a lot of the times when the consequences are of our own making, like we make our own stupid decisions. And I, and I really made that clear, I think, in second and third service, or tr- at least tried to, about like when we finance, find ourselves in a financial pit, it's not like you decide tomorrow, you know what, that was dumb, I'm never going to do that again. And then like Daddy Warbucks just writes you a big check and you get to start all over. Like a lot of times like there I have are- I spend years getting my credit back There in are years and-, and years where you have to get your credit back. And it's like, and you could be like, well, that's not fair. Mr. Credit Bureau person, whoever <laughs> whoever yeah. that is, um, I shouldn't have to spend this much time because I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. And unfortunately, that's just not how the system works. And you can oh, it's not. you can point the finger at the system, but I'm just good luck. I mean, like, welcome <laughs> to life. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work the way that you always want it to work. Um, and so that's kind of how this thing hold, that all played out. Uh, I did not want to. I wanted to make it clear that I did not. Uh, intend to say, or if it came across, or uh, more than that, just like the omission of talking about this is like when bad things happen to good people, that's not necessarily God disciplining you every single time. So my kid got cancer. Uh, that's not me standing up here going, well, this is God's discipline. It's really thorough. No, that's like, listen, if, if you had gone to a church or heard a pastor in that, in, in my setting, say anything towards that, or everything happens for a reason, like just leave like get out like that's not <laughs> that's not right that's not healthy um what we see l- labeled in scripture is is especially in like Romans 8 when Paul's dealing with um sort of uh, all of the pain that is experienced in the world and suffering and, and the, the the fact that the world is broken and that even creation exe- itself groans in the in in its pains and is is craving for redemption um so we live in a broken world i can't explain to you why those things happen do i believe in a god who can um, heal and do all of that? Yes. Does why does he choose not to? I don't know. Like that's, I can't. I don't have great answers for that. But I, what I do know is going down the path of well, that's just God's discipline, and and God, He's very God thorough in His discipline. Made this happen to you to teach yeah, you no, some that's, cosmic lesson. That's just BS, and your your BS meter should be going off the chain, and rightfully so, because that's not that's not it. However, we are we are very uh, adept at our at our own. Um, uh, understanding of uh, when we have created the situation for ourselves, right? Through our own self-destructive tendencies and selfishness and sinfulness ignorance and or... ignorance or whatever, that we make the dumb decisions and that's us. And that's not like God 
punishing us. Uh, it's it's a lot of times us just reaping the consequences. Uh, a common biblical principle it was was uh, present in like just observation of life is you sow what you reap in life. Um, you if you reap this poor financial decisions, don't be surprised when. You sow bad financial debts. If you reap like a selfish you nature, so when you sow selfish sorry, nature, sorry, I'm, I'm screwing it all up. Yeah, it's backwards. been a while since he's in the grain field, the guys. Yeah, you guys. When I sow poor uh, decisions, and I the, the thing that I reap is going to be just a fruit of that labor. So, anyways, uh, if that was ever unclear in, in first service, that this is a, exhibit A of why I wanted to do a podcast like this, mm-hmm. so that I could, if people are like, uh, I think I have more questions about that, or uh, you know, it, it, it's hard for me. There's no feedback loop from the front of the stage. There's no screen on the back going, or I don't get a text message on my phone in my pocket going, hey, make sure you hit this or do this. <laughs> and uh, I don't so always see. The first service, see, guys, we're, we're really sorry. I don't always <laughs> see. And it, well, the problem is our first services by far are most packed. I mean, good grief. So they, they have um, a lot of grace for us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyways, that's if you walked away from Sunday going, eh, I think I, you know, whatever. If there's horrible I, things happening in you your life, this and le- allowed me a chance to yeah. explain myself a little bit. It's but. not. It's not God. God does not give cancer or you know all these things. This is just. It's a broken. It's a broken system, and God wants to work with us in the broken system. So, absolutely. Anything else stand out to you about the Jonah two stuff? Uh, I just wanted to hit a little bit more on idols because that was kind of how you rounded it off saying like, cause Jonah, Jonah. Yeah. The culmination of his prayer is those who cling to worth, worthless idols forfeits, uh, God loves God's love for them. And that can seem like it comes out of nowhere. If you're not like zooming back a little bit at the full picture, like mm-hmm. we're like, it's hard sometimes to follow his train of thought. So yeah, do you want to hit more on that? I Especially was, if you're not really familiar with like, what does he mean by idol? Yeah. I think it was a self observation for him. Right, it is as this person's reflecting on um, a life that is experiencing is in the middle of the discipline phase of this, and is experiencing uh, either neglect, right, as, as as a nation in captivity, trying to be like, why did why did our God not come through for us, um, and when we kind of feel lost in this way, we we found ourselves pursuing worthless idols, which were not. Like it's it's not the the like the weird totem pole. It's not the like the weird uh, figurines that that you think of sometimes when it comes to idols. It's whatever you put in place of the most the thing that deserves the most devotion in your life, right? So what is the what is the priority? What is the primary place of devotion? Um, what what what's the goal? What 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 is most important to me? What if this was taken away? I would feel broken, lost, and and really out of it. That would be if it's not God, then. He, and his kind of message to Israel early on was that that was reserved for me. And if anything else is in there, that's an idol. So those who cling to anything but this forfeit God's love for them, meaning um, they give it up. It's it's an act of like volition or self-enforcement. Like, so I do this, not like God withdraws his love from them, but like we put ourselves in that position to, to, uh, to put ourselves away from that and not, and not accept it and not... And it becomes less important to us or less of a thing. Like, hey, that's great if you want to love me, but I've got this thing I'm pursuing. And and uh, so it was, again, it's, you're trying to, you're, you're, what we're doing is we're peeking over the shoulder of somebody who's trying to make sense of their situation. Mm-hmm. And so instead of it being like specifically instructive for us, um, it doesn't feel like 
Paul in Ephesians 4. Well, um, no, because Jonah's not writing this as like something to be shared with the congregation. No. He's just ruminating over his experience. Like, this is how I'm processing through this. If there's value in the observation of my processing, and if you can kind of interpret some of this for your own situation, then so be it. But it was not meant to be didactic, which is like, I'm training you to do this. Like, here's four steps to save your, you know, to, to avoid being eaten by a whale or save your life. You know, uh, step one is uh, uh, observe. And, you know, and are they all, I don't know, they all rhyme or they all start with the same so letter or something dumb. This is just him being like trying to be honest or this author trying to be honest about making sense of this. Idolatry is anything that takes that takes away from the main relationship. So, like, if you're not a religious person or you're not sure you feel about it, if you have a spouse or a partner, like, that would be the person that should require, like, a lot of your attention and time and love and care. Uh, and so, if your choices are, oh, I could either, uh, my wife is getting a ward at work, or I could go out with my buddies and, you know, watch the fight at the bar. By making the choice to go out with your buddies, you're saying you're giving something value over something else. All of our choices show like, oh, this has value. This doesn't have value. This has value. This has less value. So it's so Jonah is saying, um, essentially saying, I've chased after things, chased after idols that were worthless. He's saying, I put other things, I let them pull me away from the most important relationship in my life, which was as a prophet, especially like my relationship with God. I put other things first. I made God take, or I put God one peg down on the the priority list and put my own comfort one, one peg up. And now I understand that that's like not great. If you want a relationship to flourish, it does require devotion and sacrifice. And yep. One of the other things that I did in first service, too, is uh, in the passage, in the prayer, he talks about my life went down to the pit, right? And in, in other translations, he uses the actual Hebrew word sheol, um, uh, which that will show up in a text. It doesn't translate well because it's, it's the name of a place. It was the place that most um, most uh, Jewish people thought that you went to when you died, and it wasn't hell. It was just a place of nothingness. They called it like an underworld or a pit. So in this translation, it just says pit. So in first service, I said Sheol, and it. I said it in that way, and I said it really fast, Sheol, and I and <laughs> people. I had people come up to me afterwards and go, "Did you say?" And I won't say it in here because Chris will have to duck it out. But I can see how it would have sounded like. Uh, something from S Town for trying for your podcast, uh, your authentic pronunciation. Yeah, so I need to knock off the uh, Sheol. Yeah, Sheol. I'll just say it, Sheol. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I will stop attempting to pronounce that. It, it, it was dumb. I didn't even attempt to do it in the next services because I didn't want to try and explain myself and waste time doing that. So if you left going, I think he cussed at church. We said, uh, well, not I mean, this we're not week, perfect, but. but. <laughs> Great. Uh, I think that's uh, that'll probably wrap it up for that. We've got one more week of this series. Hopefully you'll be able to come back and join us for part three of White Flag. We're going to transition now to our Say Something Interesting for the week. Uh, Margo and I like to kind of finish our podcast off by things that we have found interesting or entertaining. Perhaps it's a book that we've read or a movie we've watched or just something that we've experienced. Um, Margo, I'm going to try. I'm going to go first this week. Is that all right? Do it. I always defer to you on this. Thank and, you. and then I feel like, you know, uh, maybe you feel a pressure to have to go first, and so I want to remove that go pressure. For it. So here's what I want to do. I have two options. Uh, one of them starts with the letter A, and one of them starts with the letter B. So you have option A and option B. I'm going to let you pick, and you tell me which one 
you want me to talk about? We're going to go with option B. Option B. All right. B is Bachelorette. Uh, B is the Bachelorette is, <laughs> this is kicking our back off. Earliest podcast ever. Totally. Yeah. If you've ever complained like, oh, this podcast is all about sports and stuff, not so. Not this episode. Very much. Probably about should have been our Mother's Day episode. But. so the Bachelorette recently uh, is is coming on, and they recently released all twenty bios of or twenty something bios of all of the men who are coming on. And so my favorite podcast that I listen to week in and week out is called the Popcast with Knox and Jamie. It happens. It drops on Wednesdays. Uh, so every Wednesday during my gym time, I spend about forty five minutes listening to this. This. And they just did a uh, bachelorette preview um, for the whole series. That now they do a uh, a bachelor re- or bachelorette recap every week, but it's only for their Patreon supporters. Uh, but this episode is completely free, and it goes through the twenty guys and where they're coming from and what they look like, and they make judgment calls based on their three um, sentence bios as well as their picture and if they have an Instagram and it's active, what they see on the Instagram. And I'm telling you, it is worth your time i'm running on the treadmill and i'm laughing out loud it actually screws up my running because i find myself giggling and laughing and i'm looking around at other people who are like what is he he's crazy she loves the bachelor oh I, and so i um the bachelor they did the whole bachelor this last season and i've mentioned this uh, before if you um, love making fun of strangers you don't even know yeah 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 it's totally judgy it's totally judgy Ju- judge not lest you be judged like we break that down a big time. Well, hopefully you don't work at a Planet Fitness because it's the judgment-free zone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> they talk about how, you know, does this guy look like he works at Outback and gets down on a need to take your order because that's the level he wants to get to? Uh, or does he look, you know, all that kind of just just super goofy and super funny, complete waste of time, but a valuable uh, and valid waste of time. So, I, I don't um, know if after I you're done listening to this podcast, listen to that one. And you should listen to the whole all the podcasts that are there, but uh, especially the Bachelorette preview. I will say that my perspectives on reality dating shows changed drastically after I had a friend that I I knew pretty well go on. They live in New Zealand, not the one that was on the podcast, but he was on Married at First Sight. Oh, really? So it was really fascinating to watch someone that you know, like go through a pretty significant thing on public television and have to like live through that. Yeah. So I will say that I I definitely, not that I ever was really into reality TV, especially not having cable, but I give a little bit more grace to contestants now because he was, he was made out into a villain and he's pretty dramatic in this and that and the other. Yeah. Like kind of brought it upon himself in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like I know that there's a core to him, which like back in the prime reality TV show, you think of like Amorosa and some of these yeah. other people that you're like, these are horrible human beings. And now I'm like, well, maybe not so, so much. Here's what's great about this year's Bachelorette is of the like 20 or 22 contestants, I think like a gross majority of them, I'm thinking like 16 or 17 are from either Florida or California. Well, that's where everyone goes to try to make it. Right? Drama. So we are so ready for the bro show. Oh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, beer, guns, dogs. That's what takes up their Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be Y'all exciting. Have a rescue pit bull. I, I, and... I uh, listened to every episode, every episode recap that they did for the last season, and I never watched one single episode. I never saw a picture of any of the ladies they were talking because it was The Bachelor. You just make up your own picture in your head. Yeah. So it's funny because. Uh, you know, I have this very vivid picture of, oh man, she's such a, you know, whatever. <laughs> she's probably great. Who knows? 
things that you did not expect to hear from a pastor. Yeah, all exactly, right? right? So, uh, <laughs> all right, what's your something interesting? All right, so I found this blog on this, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I've never been to the original Walt Disneyland. That's what they say. Land is... In California? Yes. You've never been there? I've been to Walt Disney World multiple times, but okay. not land. I've never been to California. Oh, I know. Margo. Brain, yeah, brains being blown okay. up. So... Uh, California gets a bad rap, but it is beautiful. I love California. I don't know if I could live there, but I, I do like to visit. It's nice to visit. So apparently, I think it's it's more common in Disneyland just because of how close everything is to Walt Disneyland. Like Walt Disney World, you're, you got Orlando and you got swamps for like hours. Like it's really in the middle That's, of nowhere. This is so true. World is in the middle of an island. Like you have to drive and there's nothing around it. Disneyland is actually in kind of a bad neighborhood. Like once you're in Disneyland, you don't see it. But Kylie and I went to Disneyland one year. It's and built in civilization. Yeah, and, and like... it has developed around it, right? And so it's all just kind of like downtown city. And there's, um, we uh, got on Craigslist to try and find cheap Disney tickets because we're, um, you know, Margaret, you've been around me enough. He is a deal I am trying to find coupons for Disneyland. They don't exist. However, um, there, there was a, sh- we found out, sort of, shady endeavor where people would uh, buy season passes or like not season Do passes you look like me but like a seven day pass but then you know it, it's kind of like one of those hopper things you don't have to go every day you have to use it seven times within 12 days and so it was like meet us at this business location we left our driver's licenses with these people took the pass and did the whole disney thing we vowed to never do it again that's scary and it was in like super shady di- area of disneyland and it was only like two blocks away and it was it was sketch, super sketch. The like, whole process was sketch. Your license, the building was sketch. A credit card I know. I and... figured. I figured there's probably four uh, credit cards out there with my name on it at some point. Uh, that uh, it was not worth saving twenty dollars to go to Disneyland. So don't do it. Just pay the extra. You only go to Disneyland a couple times in your life, guys. Just pay full price, whatever. So I feel like the amount of people that have season season passes to Disneyland is higher, and it's. Like people go all the time just because if you live in any of the major cities, it's not a huge drive. Right. Whereas like Disney World, I feel like is you you have to plan it out and it's not usually a spur of the moment thing. So that has led to the rise of Disney gangs. Okay. I'm interested. Yes. I'm, yeah. Well, they're like Disney would call them gangs, media would call them gangs. They call themselves social clubs. So okay. <laughs> but there's these different gangs. They have like biker jackets. What they're and you have the official logo on it. There's a whole like initiation process and Come application on. process to get into these various gangs with all those dumb pins that people spend like twenty dollars. Well, they on. have like themed pins for each gang. Yeah. So some of the names they have some great names. They're usually named after a character or a ride or a location in the park. Uh, we got like the Neverland Mermaids. Okay. Pretty pretty tough stuff. That we, sounds like a pretty tough biker gang. Go we ahead. We got, you know, like the white rabbits, which I'm like, are they into recreational drugs? Uh, I don't know. See, that one is a little bit, uh, <laughs> yeah, cryptic. That could be And then they hackers. have ones like Walt's Most Wanted, which, Waltz? like Walt Disney, oh, Walt's Most Wanted. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Which I love their, their biker jacket because it's like Walt in front of like a lineup, like with the height measurement behind him. Yeah. It's like this weird prison shot, like embroidered jacket. I don't know. So the gangs, like a lot of them are amicable. A lot of them will do like charity things. Like, you know, if you're if you get into the gang, you have to do so many hours of community service or we do fundraisers. Like each gang has like a cause that they like to support and things like that. But they're running into issues because some of the gangs are a little bit more 
uh, unsavory. The like, mermaids are getting a little bit well, too Well, the mermaid-y. white rabbits actually are not some, one of the more popular ones because like, another gang will have like a fundraiser in the park and the white rabbits will give them a shakedown being like, give us $1,000 of protection money to make sure that nothing goes wrong in your event. Oh my goodness. It'd be horrible if something went wrong. Wouldn't it in be your... great if Wild Toad's ride all of a sudden broke down <laughs> while you were on the, oh wow. But like, it's so messed up that they're like trying to give the shakedown, like. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that's like the bit, and they said like the rise of it has to do just like, like I said, Disneyland, it's location. Um, also they said social media, especially Instagram, because then they can market themselves and brand themselves. Now they're running into the issue of just anyone starting a gang or social club, quotation marks. Yeah, right. And so there's like a huge rise and there's like, they're Dude, trying there's to- some crazy Disney people, man. <laughs> there's no question about it. They're, so they're trying to slow the creation of new gangs because they want it to seem like, you know, elite and a process. Speaking and... of elite and Disneyland, have you ever heard of Club 33? Yes, Club 33 was mentioned in the blog article. Yeah. It's a, uh, a nondescript door within the New Orleans area, and it sells. it's the only place that sells alcohol in Disneyland Park, and it's an exclusive club. You have to donate, I don't know how much money it, it like is a year. I think it was $20,000. A lot of celebrities do it because they can get access to rides, and there's like tunnels that are open and to And there's them. seating on the second level of New Orleans that overlooks that water park where they do the fireworks and stuff, and I'm sure it's probably a great location to watch it. Yeah. And it's not just the alcohol. It's like the whole dinner thing. They just happen to serve. But that was his, that was Walt's exclusive club when he was alive and would go there. And I think he had an apartment up there as well, if yes. I'm not mistaken. yes. Um, and it's to the right of the Blue Bayou. It's it's supposed to be secret. You can find enough about it on the internet if you haven't heard about it. But uh, you, I, we've definitely gone and seen Club 33 and watched somebody go through, and you knock. You have to knock on a door, and then somebody comes down with white gloves and opens the door. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I haven't been inside or anything. But we don't we don't bother with that in Disney World because we got Epcot, and you can do drinks around the world, which is yeah, right. a drinking game where you try to get a drink in every country, and you never make it to the well, end. We, Spoiler alert. Sometimes. <laughs> around sweden you <laughs> you're gone germany is like <laughs> you a, never make it to mexico a, you get clogged in, in germany a little bit it's a, it's a bottleneck for sure uh yeah which it's so funny because like a california adventure you just walk around <laughs> you just buy a park hopper guys if that's like a huge deal to you but whatever anyways uh that's not why you should go to disneyland but <laughs> but beware the disneyland social clubs yeah don't uh don't fall don't in mess the, with the white don't rabbits cross the line with the white rabbits they'll get you hey thanks so much for listening to this episode of say especially something eric. interesting especially eric. eric already knew about club 33 but i'm just letting everybody else know and in, in, in on it um uh, we uh you can find us on the socials at um i'm at brent johnson j-o-h-n-s-e-n margo is on the instagrams at adventure in caffeine and follow her because she just went up to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is a beautiful area, and posted some cool pics up there. My Instagram's um, been slacking. So. Mine is just usually pictures of my kids, and which that's I love. basically it. That's all I do. So <laughs> uh, have a great week, guys. See you back next week. Oh, oh, I did want to mention this. July 20th is our Drinks for Drinks event. Party with a purpose. Block out your calendar. Don't go camping on the third weekend in July. We've got so much stuff coming up that week. Uh, or that weekend, that Friday night, we're going to have some live comedy, uh, lots of live bands, uh, food trucks. Acoustic sets. Uh, acoustic sets, live Maybe podcast br- recordings, not by us, although that might be cool. We'll see. Maybe some Roomba Pong again. Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a fun night, and 100% of the, all the ticket sales, alcohol sales, everything goes towards Clean Water Projects through Charity Water. Um, and uh, it was a fun party last year. Uh, 
I'm banking on it being just an awesome party this summer as well. And uh, we would love to have some of our Say Something Interesting podcast listeners be a part of that event. You can go to drinksfordrinks.com, just like how it sounds, um, purchase tickets on there. Or if you go on the East Lake website, there's going to be some links to that as well. So anyways, have a great week. We'll see you next week. 